The games are underway and DraftKings is bringing you to the podium. DraftKings free-to-play pools are available every day of the games in Tokyo and offering a free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes. That's up to $50,000 up for grabs. And the best part is that it's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's events and track your results throughout the evening to see if you will achieve a victory. Questions will range from medal count to questions specific to the USA team. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes every day of the games in Tokyo. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. What's up, what's up, what's up, basketball fans, and welcome to another episode of L.A. Courtside. This podcast is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and also sponsored by DraftKings.com. I am your host, L.A. Ray, and I'm here to talk about, of course, the NBA draft that was just held a couple of days ago and the blockbuster trade by the Lakers in bringing in Russell Westbrook. So let me start right there with the um, with the Lakers. Uh, As everyone knows by now, they made the blockbuster trade in bringing in Russell Westbrook in a trade with the Washington Wizards and the Lakers sending the Wizards KCP, Montrez, Harrell, and Kyle Kuzma. So let me start off again with, uh, with Westbrook himself in this deal. Now, you have a lot of sports columnists, pundits, fans, and you know, everyone, they all have their the adjective that they use to describe uh, Russell Westbrook. I'm going to use the word mercurial. Guys like that, huh? Mercurial. If you look that up in West, Webster's Dictionary, it means changeable, volatile, fickle, flighty, erratic. I think that pretty much sums up uh, Mr. Westbrook. Now, I'm not going to get it twisted. Westbrook is a future Hall of Famer. He's, I believe, like a seven, eight, nine time all star, something like that. He's a walking triple double. He has more triple doubles than anyone in NBA history, including Magic Johnson. The guy plays with reckless abandon. He's going to give you 110% every single time he's on the floor. That's all well and good, but obviously there are flaws in his game. It all depends on who he's playing with on the floor. Now, past history suggests that if he plays, if he's playing with, say, another superstar like a Kevin Durant 
or a James Harden, somebody of that ilk, or even Bradley Bill, for that matter, who I think is a superstar type of player, doesn't always work out well for Westbrook and the team that he's on. Now, what's going to happen when he comes over to the Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis? Russell Westbrook is a guy who needs the basketball in his hands in order to be successful. Now, hopefully for the Lakers sake, he will acquiesce a lot of that ball handling to LeBron James. They're going to have to work something out because both of those guys are ball dominant. Is is LeBron James going to all of a sudden play power forward and Westbrook is going to be the primary ball handler? Now, Westbrook also led the NBA in assists. So, again, he's a walking triple-double. The guy can, you know, he can pass the ball. He drives to the basket again with reckless abandon. He can kick the ball out to shooters. Shooters make shots. He gets assists. Now, with the Lakers, not so sure that's going to be the case. And another concern that I have is teams have always packed it in against the Lakers. When I say pack it in, I mean pack it in in the lane. They pack it in. Because the Lakers don't have great shooters. Now you're bringing in a guy in Westbrook who's also not a great shooter at all, especially from three-point range. He can shoot the mid-range shot. He's, he's pretty good at that. And again, he drives to the basket a lot, goes to the free-throw line a lot. That's all well and good. But the three-point shot, he is not very good at all. So now you have another guy on the floor that cannot shoot. And free agency starts uh, next week, so maybe the Lakers have someone in mind Uh, they're going to have to have someone in mind to bring in in terms of being a shooter to help out uh, Westbrook, A.D., and LeBron James. When that ball is is, um, sent down to the paint, you have to kick it back out to some shooters. And right now the Lakers don't have that. So, again, with uh, Westbrook, how is this going to all shake out? Will he be the type of guy that will acquiesce? Does he want to be the type of guy to just come in and win a championship. He's been in the league a long time, so maybe he's at a point in his career where he has this epiphany by saying, hey, you know, I played 11 or 12 years, however many years it is he's been in the NBA. You know, I haven't come close to sniffing a championship, and this is my best chance to win one. So whatever Coach Vogel wants me to do on the floor, I will do it to help the Lakers win another championship. Or... Will he be a guy that just comes in and plays the way he's always played? And, I, you know, I can if that happens, I can see a fractured locker room right off the bat if that happens. And if that happens, it would turn out to be a disaster of a trade. But if he plays, uh, if he acquiesces, some of that ball handling and, um, you know, some of that shooting that he does, then it would be a great trade for the Lakers. So the Lakers were in a position that they really had to do something that the 21st pick in the draft, you know, that's a crap shoot, you know, never know what, what player they would have taken if they would have kept that draft choice. So uh, the Lakers are in win now mode. They are in win now mode. They want to win right now. Their, their window of opportunity is slowly closing with LeBron James getting older. So, They felt that they had to go out and get a guy like Westbrook in order to keep those championship hopes alive. Now, in terms of the guys that they traded, uh, starting with Kyle Kuzma. So, Laker fans, you don't have him to uh, kick around anymore. I I really really never understood the 
vitriol on Kyle Kuzma by Laker fans. I really didn't understand it, but I get it. That's why they call him fans. He's going to go over to the Wizards, and you can book this. He's going to – he'll probably start over there, and he'll probably average 16, 17 points a game, even if he comes off the bench. He may be their sixth man coming off the bench. He's going to get plenty of playing time with the Wizards. So you don't have him to kick around anymore. Uh, KCP, you know, that's a guy who may be missed because he plays uh, some defense. Now, KCP earlier in the year this past season, uh, he was shooting the lights out from three-point range. I mean, he, he was firing them up. He was like first or second in the league at one point, say the first 25% of the season, and then he just, for whatever reason, just fell off after that. I mean, he fell completely off the map when it came to the three-point shot. But I still think a guy like that will be will be missed on the Lakers. And then Montrez Harrell, he's another guy that the Lakers fans don't have to kick around anymore. Really didn't understand the vitriol there. And maybe it wasn't even the fans. Maybe the coaching staff for the Lakers don't have him to kick around anymore. There was a lot of DNPs for uh, Trez Harrell down the stretch there and in the playoffs. I just really did not understand. So he's also going to the Washington Wizards. So I think it makes the Wizards a better basketball team. I think this trade makes the Lakers a better basketball team as well. But again, it all depends on the attitude that Russell Westbrook is going to bring into that locker room and to this organization. So it remains to be seen. And again, next week is the free agent period. And I implore, I implore the Lakers, please go out and find a shooter. Go out and find a shooter. The, the guy that I'm always mentioning, I don't even know if they can get this guy or not, um, Dougie McDermott from the Indiana Pacers. I call him Dougie McBuckets. Kick and shoot the pill from the outside, man. He can definitely shoot the ball. You know, you have to go after a guy like that. Heck, I'll take the corpse of J.J. Redick at this point. Just somebody that can spot up behind that three-point line when Russell Westbrook or LeBron James – or Anthony Davis drives to the lane. They clog that lane up. You kick it back out to the perimeter. The guy's going to be open because everybody's clogging the lane. And you just need a guy that can fire that pill up. That's exactly what the Lakers need at this point to make this team complete. Another um, decision that Palinka is going to have to make and the Lakers organization is going to have to make is what to do with Dennis Schroeder. Now, again, he turned down that four-year, $84 million contract somewhere in the middle of the season. I think it was a bad mistake on his part. And there's rumors floating around that he wants between 100 and $125 million over a, say, a five-year period, or maybe in a four-year period, maybe. I don't think he's going to get that much from the Lakers. I don't think the Lakers want to pay that kind of money or probably can't even afford to pay that kind of money. Now they have LeBron James, AD, and Russell Westbrook, who are all on max-type deals. How are you going to fit in another guy making $125 million over, over, say, a four-year period? I think Schroeder is nuts. To, he was nuts to even turn down the $84 million. Lakers are not going to pay him $125. So, Schroeder, if you want that, you're going to have to go out on the open market and get that from somebody else. So that's a decision that's going to be in Rob Palenka's lap, what to do with Schroeder. Can you do a, a sign-and-trade type of deal with him? Or... They're just going to have to let him walk and get nothing for him. So that's going to be an interesting decision uh, for the Lakers as well.
with that on my second segment it's time to talk about the clippers the clip join in the house Ladies and gentlemen, broadcast a lot to you and yours. It's Mr. X to the Z exhibit. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to LA Courtside. As I mentioned before about uh, our sponsor, DraftKings.com, make sure you check out their daily fantasy leagues on DraftKings.com, where you can draft a new lineup whenever you want, pick from your favorite stars each week. You can play in a public contest and against friends in a private league. Quickly enter a contest anytime before the lineup lock. And, of course, you can win cash prizes weekly paid out as soon as the contest ends. So make sure you check out Daily Fantasy on DraftKings. Now, going back to the L.A. Clippers, the clip join in the house. Unlike the Lakers, the Clippers didn't make any blockbuster trades, but they chose two very interesting players. In the draft in the first and the second round, respectively. And I'll start off in the second round where they took a kid by the name of Jason Preston from Ohio University. Now, if you have not read the story of this young kid, Jason Preston, uh, I behoove you to Google his name up and just read the Jason Preston story. He is a kid from the Orlando area. Played high school basketball, but was not heavily recruited at all. Just had very, very substandard stats. As a matter of fact, after his 12th grade season was over, he applied to go to college at Central Florida. Not on a basketball scholarship or anything. He was just going for the academics. He had no thoughts of uh, furthering any type of basketball career. And then somehow, someone uh, asked him to play AAU ball. Uh, because they actually needed another player. You know, it's one of those situations where you're on a playground with nine guys and you just see a kid walking by and say, hey, kid, come over here and play because we just need an extra guy to make 10 guys. And this AAU league had uh, had several levels to it. And he was playing on a lowest level team and did not get a lot of playing time there or a lot of notoriety or anything. And then all of a sudden he started to play better and started moving up on the different levels in this particular league that he was in. And then at some point, uh, someone made a videotape of him in the highest league or the highest level of this AAU league that he was in. And the next thing you know, a young star was born and that garnered him a scholarship to Ohio University. Now, if I have to compare him to someone in the NBA, and I'm not saying that this guy is going to be this player, but he kind of reminds me of a, he's like a poor man's Trey Young. He's really slight of build. He's a smaller type guy. And just like Trey Young, but I tell you what, man, he can handle that ball like a yo-yo. His passes are just exciting. You know, the guy can get into the lane and, and, and throw up those floaters, just like Trey Young. He can get into the lane and, uh, you know, throw passes for alley-oop dunks, a la Trey Young. And he can shoot the ball from the outside, of course, a la Trey Young. He has kind of an, an orthodox type of shot, but it goes in. The best game that he played was against the Fighting Illini, with who uh, features 
Ayo Donsumu, who's actually a guy that I was hoping the Clippers would take, a guard for the uh, Fighting Illini. And uh, Preston had his best game of his college career by scoring 31 points against Dasumu. So the kid can play. Now, whether or not he makes his team, he's a second-round draft choice. Not saying he's even going to make the team, but he's going to make camp very, very interesting. And, and again, one of the interesting things is that he does play guard. Now, the first-round pick by the Clippers is a guy that's definitely going to make the team, and that's Keon Johnson. Keon Johnson kind of reminds me of Shannon Brown, formerly of the Lakers. This guy, Keon Johnson, I'm referring to now, has a 48-inch vertical. I believe that set some kind of record at the combine. I think Michael Jordan may have had a 48-inch vertical at some point. But this guy can absolutely sky. I mean, you, you watch highlights of this kid, man, and he gets up in a hurry, in a hurry. Now, his outside shot is not the greatest, but he can stroke it from the outside if he's out there open. He can drive to the basket, of course. He has uh, he has some handles. You know, he doesn't uh, handle the ball like a yo-yo like Preston does, but he has some handles, and his defense is adequate. Now, the reason why I'm speaking about the guard situation is that on the Clippers team, uh, I, I guess this spells the end of Rajon Rondo. I don't think Rondo's going to be back with the Clippers. And also, uh, in my thinking, is that this sends a message to like Luke Kennard. Now, as you all know, if you've listened to my podcast, I just I'm, I'm always on Luke Kennard. I can never do a podcast without mentioning Luke Kennard. You know, maybe I should be his publicist or something like that. But Luke Kennard was so inconsistent throughout the year. I think the, the coaching staff, you know, they say, hey, man, we may, we may need somebody else in here just in case he falters again. That guy may be Keon Johnson. I'm telling you now, this kid got plenty of game in him. Keon Johnson I'm referring to. And then the Clippers also have to make a decision on Reggie Jackson. You know, are, are, are they going to bring Reggie Jackson back? Because if you do, you better open up that checkbook, Steve Ballmer. You better open up that checkbook because Reggie Jackson made himself a boatload of money by the way that he played in the playoffs. So if you want him back, open up the checkbook. It's, it's just that simple. And then, of course, you still have Pat Bev on that team. Now, there's a spot for a defensive stalwart uh, on any team, such as a Patrick Beverly type of player. So he's still going to be there. But it's going to be real interesting to see how they incorporate Keon Johnson into this lineup, if they incorporate him at all. You know, he might be a he might be a player or a rookie that just doesn't get a whole lot of playing time except for garbage time. But that was the way that they used uh, Luke Kennard a lot during the season. You know, unless unless there was an injury to Kawhi or something like that, then Luke Kennard got more playing time. But with everyone healthy. Luke Kennard, a whole lot of games, he was a DNP, did not play, coach's decision. He just sat on the bench. So what's to say that that won't happen again uh, in the upcoming season? So now you have a guy like Keon Johnson, you know, a rookie. He's going to come in. He's going to want to do his thing. He's going to want to show what he's got, and he may push Kennard. So that's going to be very, very, very interesting to see. And then, of course, you have the Kawhi Leonard Saga, we still don't know whether or not he's going to re-sign with the Clippers. He has that player option. Personally, I think he's going to sign an extension with the Clippers. That's just my opinion, because if he takes a chance 
on just signing a one-year contract with the Clippers, hoping to really get that max, max, max contract next season. He's going to take a chance on hurting that knee again or hurting Achilles or any other type of injury, and he may not get the money that he's seeking. So Kawhi is going to have to make a decision. You know, do I sign like right now, long-term with the Clippers, like a four-year deal? It won't be the super, super max, but, you know, of course, he'll make a lot of money. It'll be like $170 million or something like that. Hell, I wish the hell I had that kind of money. But if he waits until next year, he plays for one year, and uh, he stays healthy, then he signs the super, 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 super max, which is probably over $200 million or something like that. You know, we're, we're talking just schematics here when we're talking that kind of money. But that's the decision that uh, Kawhi Leonard has to make. Um, and make very soon. So the Clippers, just like the Lakers, is going to be very, very interesting what they do in free agency coming up. Um, maybe a, a backup center that they may go after. You know, they may go after like a Jawan Howard or a JaVale McGee or somebody like that. I'm talking about the Clippers. So very interesting what they're going to do in free agency. So with that, basketball fans that's just my take on the nba draft that we just held uh if you like the content of this podcast make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast from whatever platform you use whether it's google apple stitcher spotify or iHeartRadio, and make sure you comment rate and review i really would appreciate that and until the next episode which probably will be after the free agency, the first day of free agency, which is next week until the next episode. Peace.